Alright, and welcome to another episode of the Thick and Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cardoza. Today, we're going to do a part two of follow-up with one of my best friends, my childhood friend. You guys, if you didn't listen to the last episode, go back, check it out. But today, we're going to kind of get to the nitty-gritty of his, some of his story. So please, without further ado, welcome Andrew, more down, Momo, Andrew V., Valenzuela. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's, What's up, up, brother? Chilling. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Sorry about... um. I've, I've kind of been hounding you to get back on because <laughs> we have people liked your story. Um, I had a lot of different people hitting me up and some people we grew up with. Yeah. And then just people that didn't even know you. And they were laughing too because we were talking about growing up and they're like, where the fuck did you grow up? Because they're like, oh, Dreamer and Smokey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, it's just <laughs> different aspects of stuff. But you had such an interesting story and we had to. Try to fit the whole story in an episode, which is pretty impossible. Right, right. But um, we had some questions, so I want to just ask you a little bit about, you know, more details about some of your experiences. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So uh, let's just get a recap. I don't want to try to belittle the story, but you were addicted to drugs. Yeah, so (laughs) I started doing drugs at 14. Um, It led me to streets and, you know, all over the place in Southern California. From uh, Pasadena, Monrovia, Whittier, out to San Diego in the desert. Um, eventually, I went to prison. I went to prison twice over over. Not I didn't go to prison over drugs, but I my um my behavior was due to me being on drugs. It definitely was. Yeah. So <laughs> I went to prison for for the freaking firearms, but I only had those because I was really on drugs, walking around all crazy. And then uh, I got out of prison the second time. And I went out to the desert, got stuck over at in the casino scene out there um, at a friend's house, and uh, it just that's where that's where it led me out there in the desert, stuck hot as fuck, and uh, eventually I went to rehab. Yeah. So and then you've been clean for a year and three months now. Yeah, I've been clean a year and three months now. And fucking hats off to you for that, bro. Thank you. Um, no relapses or anything? No relapses. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I had to relapse, I had to call Andrew and be like, fuck, I relapsed. Yeah. Dude. Keep yourself accountable, man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so let's talk about – I want uh, the casino too. Remind me to talk to you about the casino because I, I oh, kind of browsed over it. So first situation that got kind of crazy, was it prison? I know you talked about staying in some tents, and I just kind of went by it like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I, w- I, w- I, was, I was never – I never lived in a tent myself, but the homie Ranker, that full Ranker, JP. He was tenting? He was tenting. Oh he was living <laughs> on Skid Row, prime real estate Skid Row. Okay, like, if you guys don't know Skid Row, it's pretty much seven blocks of just homeless people. Yeah. And Shit they just they and took sewage. over. Yeah. yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you all that kind of stuff because you're just like, yeah, I stayed in a tent with the homie for a couple of days. Anyway, and I was like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> so the homie was staying in skid row at the time i didn't really know this i but his mom was going to see him his mom is um the lady's house who i first got high at yeah. she was the the haven house where we would all go party mm-hmm. so eventually she like moved out of that place and years passed but after years passed i guess she was staying with her brother or something and jp ranker had to figure out what to do on his own so he wound up somehow winding up on skid row so one day i take the train to union station to meet up with margie and jp's girlfriend at the time in koreatown and i didn't know 
where they were going. I just knew I was going to meet up with Margie and go see JP, wherever JP was staying. So I was like, okay, cool. So I get off in Little Tokyo, and I walk up, and I meet Margie. And she's there in her wheelchair with um, JP's girlfriend pushing her. And I'm like, oh, hey, how we going? how's it going? Like, good to see you. I haven't seen him in a minute. So then she's like, okay, let's go to JP. So then we're walking, like, in Koreatown. And as we're walking, we were going, like, more towards, like, 6th and Spring. or like, like, oh, this is deep Koreatown. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what the heck? And then eventually, like, we're in Tent City and Bum City. Jesus and then we Christ. pull up to a tent. And then she's just like, oh, JP's not here yet, but he'll be back. And Did she knock like, and no one answered? <laughs> Well, no, she just kind of went in the tent and I was looking at her like I didn't say anything, but I'm like, what are you doing? And then she was just like, and then she comes back out of the tent, like with the wheelchair and she's like, oh, JP's not here yet, but he'll be back. Like you can just come in. So I was just, and then she's just like, I was like, oh, this is where JP's staying. And then she's just like, yeah. Oh my God. I was thinking in my head, like you must fucking love your son or I don't know what's going on, but for you to come out here in a wheelchair and she stood out there for like two nights with him. Yeah. And like, I stood out there with her. And then she would leave and come back, and I would just roam around Skid Row. But, you know, I never stood in a tent. Well, I stood in a tent with them, but I never lived in a tent. But I just went out there, like, and I was just tripping out. But it was kind of cool, actually, for a little bit. Because at first it was a little It must be kind of an adventure, because that's like a whole different world. Yeah, dude. And this is some some rich first world problems. But I was always saying, like, I wonder if I was homeless, what I would do, and I like run that scenario through my head sometimes. Like, how would I get by? Where would I go to the bathroom? Where would I shower? That kind of stuff. So down there, they have. Okay, so first off, this tent was pretty damn big. It was about maybe half your kitchen right here. It's mm-hmm. like half the size. So it's like one of those six people tents or something like that. Well, it wasn't even a tent. It was um, a tarp, mm-hmm. and they like strung it up somehow. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, several tarps, so it was, like, a makeshift tent. Right. But it had, like, a full-size bed in there. It had a couch in there. And then it had, like, another little seating area. And they picked, like, where where the spot they picked, there was some thing on the ground, and you lifted it up, and there was outlets right there. So they had, like, full electricity in the tent. It was no crazy. No way. So he would be in there bumping music and shit. And I was just tripping out, like, whoa, like, this tent's not bad, you know what I mean? No, right? Yeah, he's fucking dope. I was just like, wow, like, okay, I could see why he stood out here. But he got a good spot because, like, right on the floor there was outlets. Yeah. So, so then he had, like, one of those things that gives you, like, 20 outlets and mm-hmm. shit. But he had, like, full power in there. So the the bathroom, they have, like, r- people just go to the restroom anywhere. They piss anywhere. It's disgusting. It smells like piss down there. And then there's places you can go to shit. There's the mission right there. Oh, man, that shit is so horrible. And in that mission, you can go shower. They have, like, showers. Mm -hmm. And I went in there to get high before. And there's just, like, some creepy people in there, dude. The the mission, I don't know if you've seen the mission, but it's, like, where most of the homeless people sit. Yeah, I've seen, like, the outside of it. It's a big building, right? Yeah, it's, like, a building, and there's some black gates, and there's, like, people all inside, like, Mm -hmm. on the floor. And then there's a restroom for the women on the left and a restroom for the men on the right. And, like, I, I would go in there to get high, and there's just, like, people, there's, like, showers in there, but there's no, like, privacy. Like, there's just shower heads, but there's just, like, people in there, like, fucking weird. It's just so weird, and they're, like, in the bathroom, they're asleep. The water's all, like, scummy. Why get high there and not get high in the tent? Well, just to that, mix it up? <laughs> that, that's a good question. <laughs> That's some druggy shit. Yeah. I'm going to go to the one place. Honestly, it was because when I went to pick up, 
where I got the drugs from, like, mm-hmm. the tent was, like, a, a kind of a couple of blocks back. So okay. I was just like, fuck it. This is, like, right. I'm going to find the first spot I can go go somewhere and get high. So who's policing these areas? Is there actual cops going there down is. there? Yeah, there, so. there, there's a cop. There's a police station right by there. But I think that the homelessness and, and the drug activity is just so rampant that they, they really don't do anything about it. Unless there's someone causing a commotion. Yeah. And it's funny because they pulled me over down there, but I looked at a place like, yeah, I was, like I looked, you might be slanging or something like that. Yeah. Cause if you're not completely yeah. like bummed out, then you're probably, then you know, do you like stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And even before my homie lived down there, my mom used to live on sixth and spring in the SB tower. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, she had moved when she moved from Monrovia or Arca- when she moved from Arcadia, she moved to downtown and she didn't tell me where she lived forever. Mm-hmm. And then there was a point in time where I started doing like I started doing okay for maybe like a month or two, mm-hmm. and I guess like you know she was just like okay I'm gonna tell him where I live, and then fucking I went to her house and like I started terrorizing shit. Yeah, and it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, but I would go to my mom sometimes, and then it was always bad for me to go to my mom's because Skid Row was right there, and I would always go to Skid Row, mm-hmm. just walk through there. And I remember I'd walk through there. I had a grill at the time with, like, some fangs. And I had, like, gold chains on. And I had these Beats headphones on. And I'd be walking through Skid Row just rapping loud as fuck. And people would be looking at me like... The crazy people are looking at me? Yeah, <laughs> the bums were looking at me. And, and they, it's crazy because they, they have, like, scout bums there. Because I would be walking around Skid it's Row like rapping. It's like an ant colony. <laughs> yeah. And they would have someone, like, follow me around. And I would turn around and I'd be like, what the fuck are you following me for? I ain't no fucking cop. Like, and I'd run up on him. Yeah. And then I think they have him follow you just to see you're, if you're a cop. But I would be over there like all flashy walking around a bunch of bums. And Yeah, that's, that's pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, I don't know why I fed off that shit. I fed off that shit because at first, like, of course, they look at you like, oh, they're going to prey on you. Mm-hmm. But when I would see those looks, like for some reason, I would turn around and I would just be like, "What the fuck are you looking at? Like, you want some shit? I got, come get it and see what happens." And like, I would, I would be off out of my mind, bro. Mm-hmm. I'd be out of my mind. There you go. Yeah. And so, so nothing ever happened though. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. And if anything, it's kind of fucked up to say because all those people down there, they're all suffering from some sort of mental illness, mental illness, right. or mm-hmm. some sort of depression, or some sort of like self-confidence issues and they all probably just think of themselves as piece of shit so me being this like egotistical asshole like (laughs) i would kind of go down there and be like uh like like i'm like i'd be flossing and flexing on these people yeah and then they would kind of just like i don't know they wouldn't at first they kind of look at me like oh maybe i could take advantage of this guy but then i would somehow like like flip my ego my big ass ego and shit on them and they would just be like oh man like this guy's not a fucking narc and he's not just a random anybody Mm -hmm. and he's making me feel like shit somehow it would just make him feel like shit probably just because the way i acted like i would just probably i would talk to him like you know what i mean like where's the fucking dope at like go find me some dope yeah because i knew they would and i would show him a little bit of money Mm mm-hmm and it, it would only be like five bucks and they would be fucking like, okay, okay. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like I took advantage of those people. So then once JP was down there, like I kind of already knew the area and I had been up there to pick up a couple of times. And 
I remember JP, dude. So this is another subject, but JP and and JP, like, yeah, bro, I wish you the best. I grew up with you. I love you, but you're a fucking crap shoot, dude. So this dude would always claim Virginia, right? He mm-hmm. never got jumped into Virginia. This mm-hmm. fool never got jumped into Virginia. Then he would claim VPR. Food never got put on. And when I met him, he was claiming Compton Vario Tres, CV3. Mm-hmm. So when I first met him, that's what he was claiming, Compton. So then he started hanging out with me and smoking. He started claiming Virginia. And then when I went to downtown Skid Row, this fool was from 18th Street. Mm-hmm. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? And people would know him as Joker from 18th Street. And this fool is so stupid. 18th Street? They 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 don't write one three. So one three means um is a M for the Mexican mafia. So gangs that claim one three, they claim their allegiance to the Mexican mafia. Like Maravilla, they run with us, but they're not Sudenos, they're not Southsiders. They're Maravilla. They're their own thing. So 18th Street is kinda like their own thing too. 18th Street, they don't write Trece. Cause um not that they don't run with us in the mexican mafia like if shit pops off in prison 18th street like runs with us obviously but they don't claim the 13 they're their own thing Mm -hmm. like maravilla doesn't claim the 13 18th street doesn't claim the 13 but this motherfucker is in downtown claiming he's from 18th street and i'm in his tent and i'm looking around and this was writing 18th street and i'm just like what the fuck yeah (laughs) this guy does not even know what he's doing like yeah so then at first I didn't really say anything because I hadn't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really want to break the ice like that. <laughs> hey, by the way. You're yeah, and I was, doing, I was doing heroin at the time. And I remember Margie telling me, like, don't let JP know you're doing heroin. He'll be pissed off and he'll flip out. I'm like, this motherfucker ain't going to do shit even if he is pissed yeah. off and flip out. <laughs> so then, like, I, I remember. Like, get out of my tent. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I got there and I got, like, high in front of him. And he's like, oh, you're doing that shit? I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, can you get me some? And he was just like, he didn't really say nothing. He was just like, just be careful. And he's like slanging. And he's like big fucking joker from 18th Street down there. Mm-hmm. But he never told me about the 18th Street. I just seen it written all over the tent. And I seen Joker. So I would ask some people. I stood there with him for maybe like three or four nights. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sleep the whole time. Like, I was just up roaming the streets with Margie. And Margie stood there the whole time in that tent, fucking around. It was crazy. So I guess he was, and it was weird because on, in downtown Skid Row, they have like one area where it's all the homies and the paisas and the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. And then they have another area where it's all the black people. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and it's like one street and like you go up this street, this side of the block and it's the homies and then. On the same street, like you get to the second half of the block, it's like the black people, mm-hmm. and then they have like Little Havana and they like all the different. So they it's have, segregated, kind of like prison style. Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of like prison mm-hmm. style, but there's just little like neighborhoods, like all the homies stay in this like one area, mm-hmm. and then the blacks stay in this one area, and they even have Cubans that have like this area. So for some reason, JP was staying in the black, like right where the blacks were, mm-hmm. and I didn't really question him. I didn't say anything, but it was just a little curious to me why he was doing that mm-hmm. so after maybe like three days of being there um i asked some people like hey do you know joker and they're like joker from 18 and i was just like 
um, the one that lives over there on that corner in that tent. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is he saying he's from 18th Street? I remember I asked somebody that, and they were like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because that's like already like yeah, yeah. involved in shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't want to answer me. So then I went out around and asked a couple more people. I'm like, hey, do you know Joker? And everyone was like, Joker from 18? Mm-hmm. So I finally confronted him one day like, hey, you're claiming 18th Street? And he was just like, and he didn't want to answer me. I'm like, bro, you're fucking claiming 18th Street. You're writing 18th Street. That I said, like, 18th Street doesn't even write that I said, like, you don't know what you're doing. And then, so, so there was one. So in downtown, they have a little area, too, where you pay 25 cents or 50 cents, mm-hmm. and they let you take a shower, mm-hmm. and they give you a towel. They give you a clean towel, and they let you shower, but it costs 50 cents. Mm-hmm. And... I needed to take a shower because I had been there three days. So I only had one pair of shoes, though. And this had like a bucket full of shoes and shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, I'm going to take these shoes and I'm going to go fucking shower. Because I wasn't going to fucking walk around barefoot in that fucking nasty yeah, ass yeah. shit. And then he was trying to tell me like, nah, nah. Like, I need those shoes. I was just like, what the fuck? These shoes are beat up. Like, mm-hmm. And he would try to tell me like, nah, these are like these black fool shoes. And, I'm, and I, I just got so pissed off at him. I'm like, bro. I need shoes to take a shower. Like, I've been here with you and your mom. I've been, like, giving you money, helping you guys out, like, get drugs. Not really helping them out, but, yeah, like, yeah. helping them get drugs and yeah. shit. And you're not going to let me borrow these shoes. And you try to say, like, well, they're not mine. I'm like, well, I'm going to fucking take them anyways, and I'm going to go take a shower. Like, I'm not asking you now. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then this fool tried to tell me, like, I, I, told, I told him something. Like, bro, if you are ever seen in Pasadena again, and I ever hear you say, like, you're from VSL. I'm like, I know you're claiming 18th Street. I don't, like, fuck it. That's what you want to do. You've been a fucking hood hopper all your life. But if you ever are, if I ever hear you say Virginia or VPR or any of that shit comes out of your mouth again, like, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. So. And the, the thing, too, is, like, people that don't know, it's when you're claiming a gang that's not your own, like, that has serious consequences. And you can get fucking murdered for it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, exactly. You know. Like, what the fuck? And especially, that was real dangerous of him to do. Yeah. Because he's mm-hmm. in downtown claiming 18th Street, and he ain't from 18th Street. And like, those fools can come. Right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're right there. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's just trying to say he's from wherever, wherever he goes so he can right. fit in. Mm-hmm. So. So you get the shoes. Or? I get the shoes. I go fucking shower. I come back and, like. He, he comes and tells me, like, oh, I'm going to have these bloods run up on you right now. I was like, what the fuck? You ain't going to have no fucking bloods run up on me. Have mm-hmm. them run up on me. like. Mm-hmm. And then I told him, like, you know what? And I took, I just, like, I got all political. And I'm like, you got to get the fuck out of here. Like, you ain't from 18th Street. You're a fucking fake. Like, I'm going to fuck you up. And, I, and then he ran from me. He ran to some tent, and he told the black dude, like, yo, yo, this fool's banging on me. Like, I need you to come help me. Mm-hmm. And then the black dude was like, what the fuck? You need to go talk to the essays about that. I ain't involved in this. I ain't got involved in yeah, your yeah. essay shit. <laughs> and he just ran, and he never came back. And I felt bad because his mom was there, and I told his mom, like, Margie, I had to do this shit because JP's fucking tripping out. He's over here claiming 18th Street. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to let me borrow some shoes. And then he tried to tell me that the bloods were going to bang on me. Like, So anyways... I, I after like five days he never came back and I just fucking left and Margie left and for last I hear they kicked him out of that area 
So you stayed there for five days? I stayed there for five days. After he was already gone? No, no, no. Right. So he, he <laughs> ran off after like two days, and I yeah. stood there for like another three days, and I don't know where he was Are for three days. you just balling out in his tent? I was just kicking <laughs> it in his tent. Oh, man, there was one part, too, before he left, actually. So maybe this was like the third day. He ran off on like the third day or third night, but the cops came, mm-hmm. and for some reason, they wanted to clear that one side of the street. So it was such a shit show, dude. Every, all those tents, they all had to like move mm-hmm. and clear off that street. And I think like that's around the time when I left. I even took pictures like, and I put them on Facebook like a fucking jackass of me on Skid Row. Yeah, like, hi. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> popping out of a tent, like making some stupid poses. It you was all crazy. rapping? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Andrew. <laughs> it, it was nuts. That's some bum drug shit. But it's a good story, man. I mean, that's yeah, so fucking crazy, crazy to to be involved in it it's it like i said I, it's some first world shit where i'm like i wonder what i would do and stuff like that if i was homeless but you actually it, you weren't homeless like let's make not to make a mistake too andrew's got a great place now he's got a great job he's doing yeah. really well but it's always fun to go back and revisit what a piece of shit you were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's super interesting man that's uh i'm glad you didn't get hurt because there's like gangs there's people getting uh yeah killed and stuff like that all kinds of shit over there right yeah and and i kind of felt bad because i went to like where the area where all the homies were and i'm like check this out like this fool is in from 18th street he's claiming like i know this fool like if you guys see him check him and i never heard about anything that happened after that but Mm. it is it can be dangerous like if you don't know what you're doing down there or if you show it's like it's kind of like a bear or wolves like if you're an animal and you see a bear or some hungry wolves and you show any sign of fear they're going to fucking smell that shit. Yeah, they're going to yeah. fucking go after it. Mm-hmm. So you really got to just be like super like like not afraid. Yeah, because if they can manipulate any kind of addict for the most part, like if they can manipulate you, they will. They'll yeah. find a way in and then when they get in, then they fuck your shit up. They'll and, victimize you for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's crazy. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about – so it was – I'm not too sure which one came first. Was it prison or was it the skid row for the first time? So I believe I went to prison the first time mm-hmm. and then – after when I got out of prison the first time, I went to prison the first time for a firearm. Um, I was living in a hotel off of vouchers from mm-hmm. the general relief office. They would give me vouchers for weekly hotels. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a hotel in Norwalk, like just getting high in that hotel. I had almost got a record deal with some guy who heard me rapping, knew some big time producer, got him on the phone. The producer heard me rapping. So the producer wanted me to go in the studio, and this guy wanted some collateral to make sure I would go. So I got a gun. I was going to take it to the guy, and I got busted. Mm -hmm. And I went to prison for the first time. And it would have been a misdemeanor, but I had a a felony weapons charge for some brass knuckles I got, like, years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And that brass knuckle should have been a misdemeanor, too. But I remember I wanted to get out of jail so bad, and I didn't want to fight it. And they're like, okay, well, if you take a felony knuckles charge, we'll let you out of jail. So the, I, the thing, the thing is, charge. yeah, if you have money, then you can get a lawyer and everything can get reduced. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it's like yeah. it costs a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of time. Like you just said, you don't want to deal with all that bullshit. And if you don't have money, you stay in jail and fight it from jail. And eventually you could maybe like win or they'll eventually be like, okay, well, these the brass knuckles weren't even on me. They were in my room on the wall on a poster. Mm-hmm. But I let the cops in my room and they found nothing. So they wanted to get you. They wanted something. to get yeah. me for something. Mm-hmm. So they got me for brass knuckles, which was bullshit. So I would have been in jail fighting it for three months, and I probably would have uh, beat the case. 
But I didn't want to sit in jail for three months. So I said, okay, I'll take this fucking felony knuckles charge and, and they'll let me out on probation. So when I got busted with the gun the first time, it was an automatic felon, felony because I already had a felony weapons charge. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to prison for that. And this is the first time when you said you had to withdraw in prison, right? Um, yes. But at this time, the first time I went to prison, I had done heroin and I was smoking heroin. But I don't believe I was like... Oh, maybe I was. What was the second time you said it was? One the, of them you were withdrawing hard, Yeah, right? one of them. Uh, the second time I definitely withdrew so hard, so hard. But the first time I was still like, I was doing heroin, mm -hmm. but I wasn't doing it as much. Like I was tweaked out on heroin, tweaked out on heroin. So at, I was like mainly doing meth the first time. I would do heroin here and there. But the second time I went to prison, like I was a full-blown heroin addict. So like I kicked. But the first time it was like I went to... I went to prison. It was like, it wasn't so bad. So talk to us about the intake process. I know you said that your, your buddy, when you, before you went, he was joking with you and like threw you a nug of heroin and was like, put that in your butt cheeks or something. Yeah. So <laughs> that was, actually, that was the second time I went okay, to prison. Did you actually smuggle drugs in or what was the intake I did. process like? Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh God, you fucking maniac. Okay. I did. So tell me about the intake process. The first time you've never been to prison. You've heard about it. Obviously it sort of, Every fucking it, in a weird way, lots of every people, gangster's dream. Kind of, right? <laughs> it really is. Like you have to do it to be like, yeah, I got yeah. some cred, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. it's sort of one of those things. So tell me about that. Were you excited? How does it go? What's the intake process? How do you mingle? How do you fit in? Okay, so I've been to county a hundred times. The county intake process is horrible. It takes forever. Mm -hmm. You've been to county, right? Mm -mm. No? <laughs> no. Oh man, you're lucky. <laughs> so, the, like so the county process is horrible. You they take you into men's central twin towers. First, if you're in the fucking holding cell in the jail for three days till you go to court, then from court, they send you to Men's Central in downtown. So you pull in the back door, these gates open, and then there's like this big building and there's like this awning or something. I don't know what it is, but it leads to another building. So there's like two buildings connected mm -hmm. with whatever the hell this structure is up on top. But you pull under there and there's like a bunch of bus bays. So you pull into the bus bay and then, and you're all shackled in a little, so in, in the county bus, they have cages in the front. You get on, there's the driver and then through the middle section, there's cages on each side. So they have these cages for either women, people who are on, um, ad seg, ad segregation. So they're, um, they're PC pretty much, which means you've protective custody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they, they got to be kept away from the normal inmates because if it's these crazy rules too, like if you're able to attack a PC, you have to do, you it. have to do it. Yeah. So if, if a PC is someone that cooperate with the police, yeah, maybe broke a deal, whatever the case is. So if you see one of these guys as a prisoner and part of prison politics, you got to try to take that person out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you have the option to get to him, like, you need to go get to them and like do something about it. Mm -hmm. and it's crazy. And that that's definitely in prison County. It's kind of just like not as crazy with that, but you definitely can't be next to them or put with them and not do nothing. So that's why they have them in cages. Mm -hmm. Also like the gay dudes, they put them in their own cages. And then once you get, there's maybe like three or four cages on one side, three or four cages on another and then you get back to a, a section of the bus, like the middle section of the bus. Mm -hmm. So then the gate closes and then you're, there's a middle section 
and then a back section and there's a gate splitting each section and so then they'll put in the very back either the hispanics mm-hmm. or the blacks and then in the middle will be either hispanics or blacks so they separate us on the bus too so one middle section for one race and they put the whites with us so the whites come with us and then they'll put the asians and the black blacks in another section mm-hmm. so then you pull up you get off the bus and then they send all the people in the cages first. They let them go in. Another like big mechanical metal door opens. And you walk in. And th- it's just a bunch of mechanical metal doors. And there's just like a, a pod, like a, a guard tower thing. I don't know how to describe it. There's a guy in the middle. And there's like windows all around him. And he could see in and he could see outside. He could see outside the building. And he could see inside the building because the windows go like in a 360. Mm-hmm. So then you walk in. And then you go to this middle thing, (laughs) you go to this middle thing and um, you're in this little area and they have you in this area until it fills up. And these people are coming in off the streets. So they smell like shit. (laughs) And like, it's it's crazy. And then they give you burritos. So people just throw their burrito wrappers and their trash wrappers on the floor. And eventually after being there for a while, they take you to some, they open another door because they have you locked in like this box room. They open another door and now you go down this little corridor and they have everyone get against the wall, face the wall. And they tell you, okay, take your clothes off. And they pretty much strip you down. They make you take off your shoes, put everything behind you. And they strip you down. They fucking check you and... I forget if they make you squat and cough in fucking uh, Men's Central. They definitely do it in Wayside. Mm -hmm. In Wayside, they make everyone strip butthole naked, spread your ass cheeks, squat and cough. And people walk by with air air freshener. It's crazy. (laughs) Like spraying your asshole? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's like, I remember I I was in Wayside working in the laundry. I was a trustee working in laundry. And the laundry area is right where the people come in. Mm -hmm. So they're like, cough and everyone's like huh and we'd be in the laundry acting like it was karate we'd be like huh, huh, huh. that shit was so funny that shit was classic oh shit oh it's great so after in county after they search you and they search all your shit they send you to another little room they tell you to pick up your shit they send you to another little room and they give you a bag they look at you they call you up by name they look at you and they write some shit down. They're writing down what you have on and the condition of your clothing. Like shoes, condition, and they always put poor, poor. You can have a brand new shirt on and then they'll give you your little thing that they wrote and it'll say poor. Just so they can fuck it up if they have to. Well, yeah. Just so, <laughs> so they'll put down, okay, hat, none. Shirt, one. Condition, poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoes, white, poor condition. Pants, socks and they'll just do a little mark there's like a bunch of little things they mark off Mm -hmm. so then they hand you that they hand you a plastic bag they tell you to strip down naked and put everything in the bag so you get fucking asshole naked around like 50 other fucking smelly guys but they have you in like rooms so they have 10 in this room 10 in this room 10 in this room so after they strip you naked you put all your stuff in the bag and you're locked in this little like box the size of like maybe a large bathroom Mm mm-hmm um they open the door and they say okay walk this way and they have you walk through there's a bunch of benches they have you walk to a shower and there's another inmate right there who as you're walking he throws you a a roll 
-hmm. and the role has a towel, your jumpsuit, and uh, socks, underwear. And then there's another bin that they want you to throw your bag in. Mm -hmm. So you throw your bag in one bin. The other dude throws you a roll. And then you walk into this big-ass shower. And you pretty much just take a shower. After maybe 10 minutes, they come and get you. And you walk through the other end of the shower. And you're in the intake area. So this is all counting. And then you go through medical. And you're just there for maybe. And then they have you in these little. They check your um, chest. I forget what they check you for. Some lung shit. Mm -hmm. And you're just in there forever. And once you go through the little medical, you see these medical people. They ask you, oh, are you suffering from anything? Um, are you crazy? They just try to get like a mental diagnosis of you or if you have any illnesses that they need it, like you need medication for or whatever. So then they put you, there's these other benches and there's a TV and they, they'll call you. After maybe like fucking 10 hours almost. Sometimes you'll be in there for literally 10 hours or like a day or two days. They'll call you. You'll finally get a spot. And then they'll go send you up to another little waiting room. And then from that waiting room, they they organize everyone. And they say, okay, all these people I call get in line right here. All these people I call get in line right here. And then they send you to wherever you're going. Mm -hmm. So that's county, right? I've done that hundreds of times. That's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> But prison, prison is a little different. Prison is a lot better because in prison, you kind of have more freedom. So in county, shit is rowdy. Because also, too, they're not there for a long haul sometimes, right? They're there short term or whatever. So it's not It's trying to like, we're going to get through this together kind of thing. Not, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so county is anything a year or less. Mm -hmm. So a county, if you're doing any jail time a year or less, you're doing county time. Mm -hmm. Um typically a year or more is usually prison unless it's a non-violent crime and that's the worst it's like prison time in county mm. so you'll have to do like oh you'll get sentenced to two years which is prison time mm -hmm. but if it's non-violent then they'll they make you do you it in county, county uh, which is the worst dude mm -hmm. i've never had to do that thank god but i've known people that have done several years in county mm -hmm. so i got busted for a gun so that was a violent charge they gave me 16 months so i had to go to prison which was cool because i didn't want to stay in county county is rowdy county is rowdy because people are there for a short amount of time there's a bunch of different like dorms and areas and someone is always kind of trying to like politic or like you get beat up a lot in county mm -hmm. like if you fuck up you do something wrong you have your shoes off and they should be on your bed's not made they they for some reason, if you don't brush your teeth and they see like, oh, you didn't brush your teeth, you owe the pad like and they make you work out. Or if you fuck up and just do anything like there's tables that the blacks sit on. There's tables that the homies sit on and you can't walk through the blacks tables. If you do on accident, like you have to you owe the pad, which means you have to do burpees. You have to work out. And if you fucking wind up doing some dumb shit. And it's honestly, people just prey on each other in there. It's crazy because the homies prey on each other because someone wants to be like the top dog in there. Mm -hmm. Someone wants to run the pad. They want to like be the shot caller in whatever area. And there is a person who runs the area in every area, a homie. And then there's like his right hand. And then they assign people like different little jobs and, and it makes people feel powerful in there. So shit is rowdy in county. People are getting beat up left and right in county. 
And when you say politics too, for people that don't know, politics is pretty much the rules that inmates have for each other, and the guards and everybody's kind of okay with it, right? It goes that way. Well, well, yeah. Um, in, in county, we kind of gotta still be low key about what we do, mm-hmm. because like, say a homie fucks up and it's got to get beat up. Mm-hmm. Like we gotta do it low key. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> right. In prison, it's different. Mm-hmm. In prison, you. The prison guards really respect the people in prison because a lot of the people in prison are there for a long time and they're going to be there either way. Right. Mm -hmm. So the guards like, well, fuck, these motherfuckers will whack me. Like, you know what I mean? They don't give a fuck. Yeah. So in prison, they'll tell the guards like, hey, we need you to leave for a minute. And the prison guard will be like, okay, and fucking walk out. (laughs) Oh, look at that. And come (laughs) back (laughs) and we'll handle what we have to handle. In in county, we kind of like got to hide it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it gets seen a lot and then the guard and then the COs will come in and they'll look at people's hands and knuckles and try to see who did it. And they'll try to stop it, but they really can't because for every person they remove from that dorm, there's someone to step up in that And place. for every guard, there's what, a hundred people, some of like that 200 prisoners, some shit crazy. Yeah. Um, so did you ever have to get in a confrontation and kind of like, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, of course. A, a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Mm-hmm. So the last time I went to County. Mm-hmm. I got um I was a working trustee and so you could when you're when you're a trustee that means you're a working inmate. So you're in green when you're a working inmate. So I was in um I was in a four man cell for like the first four or five weeks mm-hmm. and then um someone came one day and asked me if I wanted to work. One of the deputies said like, hey, do you want to work? They Why not? Right, you pass yeah, the time like that. They, they actually asked my. They actually asked my cellmate. They, we were in a four man cell, and they asked my cellmate, like, "Hey, do you want to work?" Mm-hmm. But my cellmate was on some sort of medication, and he didn't want to. He's like, "No, I don't want to work. Mm-hmm. I just want to stay here and fucking lay down and Sit do around nothing all day and do yeah, that. yeah, fuck that." <laughs> and I was like, "I'll work." Like yeah. I said, "I'll work." And then he was just like, "Okay, what's your name?" He wrote my name down. And then he's just like, I'll let you know. So then the next day he came back. He's like, you still want to work? And I was just like, yeah. So then they sent me to the trustee dorm. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. So Nicer, right? Well, yeah, yeah, nicer, more freedom. Not not really. Yeah, I guess it is nicer because we can. In that, the layout was exactly the same. So it was a row and a bunch of cell blocks to the left mm-hmm. with the bars. So the layout was the same. The only thing that was nicer was we can get out and clean the row ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because in the other one, there was like fucking shit thrown everywhere. Not literally shit, but like the black fools would just throw their trash out onto the fucking uh, tier. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was dirty. It was, it was super dirty. Mm-hmm. And they would let you come out for a shower every other day. There was a shower. Mm-hmm. They would let you come out for a shower for maybe like there was. And they opened the doors at like five in the morning every other day. One time. So if you wanted to shower, you had to get up and go out there and be out there to shower. Then you had to be back within like 20 minutes. Or else you had to shower in the cell. Mm-hmm. So they have a sink and a toilet and you just have to fill up the little sink. Mm-hmm. Make something to plug the water and just get a cup. Like a little bird bath? Kind yeah, of do okay. a bird bath. Mm-hmm. So I went to the trustee dorm to work and it was a lot better. But I was serving lunch. I was serving food to all the other floors. So there's a floor, um, what floor? I think it was the 6,000 floor or something. But they call it the White House in county because it's where all the people that are fighting life. And 
it's kind of like a higher profile floor. Mm-hmm. They have like higher profile inmates that are fighting. Paying more attention to them kind of shit. Yeah. And okay. they're fighting mm-hmm. serious crimes. They have serious time. And they're just like, their cases are major cases. Mm-hmm. And these people, so because we're, we're inmates, we get access. We're working inmates. We get access to the facility in areas where other people don't. Mm-hmm. So we get access to sugar, to fruit, and you can make beer and wine in there with sugar and and whatever. And as gross as it sounds, the COs they would have little pucks of um tobacco that they would put in their lip, mm-hmm. and they would do that spitting tobacco. Skull, yeah, whatever, skull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after they're done, they'll take it out and they'll throw it out. Mm-hmm. And we'll fucking go through the trash and look for that. Find it, dry it out, and then roll it up and smoke it like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So we would find that all over the place, and then we would sell it. It's it's always crazy too how like um, how do you say it? like uh, is it creative that like prisoners are with making weapons, finding ways to get high, drunk, smoke cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. It's like fucking. It's really remarkable the kind of uh, dedication and time it, some of those things go into. Yeah, it's like just fucking apply it to something else. <laughs> so. So when you're up there on that floor that I was on serving food, like whatever these people ask you for, the homies that are locked down that we're serving food to, mm-hmm. they're, they're, that floor is the one who kind of controls the whole jail. Mm-hmm. And they control the whole jail through notes. Like they'll, they'll hand a note to one person. They'll say, take this to this person. And you have to do it. You cannot, yeah, yeah. You cannot refuse a note from right. a homie. Because mm-hmm. if you do, you get fucking beat up. Mm-hmm. You cannot refuse a note. So, I remember I had a puck of tobacco that I was trying to sell for the homie. The homie wanted 10 bucks for it. So, I went to go serve these people, the homies, and they come up to the, and they're in a dorm. So, they come up, there's like a metal wall between us, a metal door, mm-hmm. and a little slot opens, and you put the food in. So, whoever they have, they have appointed one or two people that can come to that door and talk to you. Not anyone could come up. Mm-hmm. Well, the black people don't appoint people. The blacks do what they want. The mm-hmm. blacks don't run a strict, like, militant program like the homies do. Blacks do what the fuck they want. They can fight each other if they want to fight each other. Us, we're not allowed to fight each other. Mm-hmm. If we get in trouble and we get beat up, that's one thing. But we can't, like, just fight each other. Yeah. Because then both of those people are getting beat up. Right. Um. So... I remember a homie came up to me and I'm like, I got tobacco for sale and I'm like putting the lunches in the thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let me check it out. So I had it in my mouth and I, I like smiled at him. He's like, let me see it. So I took it out and I put it on a lunch tray and I pushed it over and he looked at it. He's like, how much do you want for it? I'm like 10 bucks. And then he was just like, he looked at it. And he's just like, I'll give you five. I'm like, well, it's not mine. You know, I can't sell it for five because I'm selling it for someone. Like, yeah. it's not mine. Mm-hmm. And then he was just like, hey, who the fuck? And then he tried to politic on me. He's like, who the fuck is selling these skimpy ass fucking shit to the homies for five bucks? Like, he tried to turn it on me. Mm-hmm. I was like, check it out, homie. That's not mine. If if you don't want it, shoot it back. Like, you don't have to buy it. Um, I'm Moreno from Pasadena. Like, you know, if you want to ask about me, you can ask about me. But it's not mine. If you don't want to shoot it back, as simple as that. Like, yeah. I'm not forcing you to buy it. Because it's already coming from someone higher up. So it's y- Yeah. <laughs> and e- even if it's not coming from someone higher up, like it's just another dude in the dorm who's trying to hustle. Mm-hmm. Like I can't sell his shit for a price he didn't give me because he told me 10 bucks. If I were to sell it, then I would owe that five. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. And if I didn't come with it, then I would get beat up because like, oh, I just, the homie told me five and I sold it. For, the homie told me 10. I sold it for five. 
Like I get beat up. Someone would get beat up for some shit like that. Yeah. So this dude, this dude apparently got mad at me because I told him that. And so he sent it back and he's just like, all right, all right. So then he told, he told the dude who was running, like the dude who had, who was in control of us, like the homie who was like, the homie who was the, the homie who pretty much was in command of us. Mm Mm-hmm. He told him that I refused a wheelah, which was not true. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, yeah, that fool refused a wheelah, and that wasn't true. And there was even another homie with me right there that was just like, yeah, he didn't refuse no wheelah. He just told him like he couldn't sell that to him. Mm-hmm. But when it when it comes to these guys who like run the facility, their word against mine, like even if they are lying, I would have to super super push the issue to prove that they were lying, and like. It's pretty much their word against mine. It's like, okay, in jail, it's like Trump trying to go against fucking a fucking governor. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, the Trump is going to win because he's the president. The right. governor's not going to win, even if Trump is lying. Yeah, right. So, these guys, and they were just like, even the dude who was running us, he was just like, man, you, they, he, because he, I had been doing moves for him all day. He was like, take this. He would give me little wheelouts. Like, he would give me. Wheelas. Wheelas are little letters. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, take this to this dorm. Take this to this dorm. And I was doing that all day. Moving fucking letters. Moving drugs in those little pouches. Mm-hmm. And when they told him, like, yeah, he refused to wheelah. The dude was like, what the fuck? He's been d- moving them for me all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, homie, I'm telling you, he refused one. So this guy was just trying to get you fucked up because you didn't want to sell it for five? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's exactly what he uh, did. Uh, so, so they were just like, okay. Well, well, you know what you got coming. And I was just like, well, fuck it. So they put three guys on me. Mm-hmm. And even the homie was just like, man, that's fucked up. He's like, I believe you. I believe you. The but there's really the, the higher up said that he believed you. Well, the one that was running our, our little dorm. Yeah. He was a trustee, too. Okay. The one who said this guy's lying. He was in blues like but mm. these guys in blues run the whole facility and we right. kind of work for them. Right. Uh-huh. That's what they tell us. Like we work for the homies here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy that's one of us, but that's in charge of all of us. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he was like, man, I believe you because you've been moving shit for me all day. But I can't really argue with what this guy's saying because we work for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they put three guys on me and I fucking just got down with all three guys. And then, oh, man, I was so pissed off. Did you know it was coming or were you just walking in and you just started getting clocked? No, they, they walked in. They're like, we got to talk to you. And then you already know. You're like, fuck. <laughs> well, no, they told me what was going on. They were just like, so the homie, the big homie said that you refused to wheel. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I haven't refused to wheel. And there's two like main guys with us. Mm-hmm. They have like two guys, a guy in the right hand. Mm-hmm. So the main guy was like, he's been moving wheelouts for me all day. Yeah. And the right hand was just like. Well, that's what they told me, and I can't argue with them. And the other one was just like, well, fuck, you're right. Like, if that's what they said, then that's what they said. Like, mm-hmm. And then the other homie told me, like, well, you know what you got coming, right? And I was just like, well, fuck it. Bring it. Yeah. So then they were just like, hey, you, you, you. And the weirdest thing is they put a white boy on me, and they shouldn't have done that, but I didn't press the issue. And I could have pressed the issue and got that dude removed from his spot as, like, the one who's over us. But mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck it. So I got down with these three fools, and I was so pissed afterward. Because this motherfucker lied on me. And after they were just like, okay, they counted um, 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was getting down with these fools. And then afterward, they're like, okay, stop. And I was just so heated. Like, I was just like, man, fuck that. They're like, don't get mad. 
If you get yeah. mad, you get it again. I was just like, well, fuck it. Bring it then. And they're just like, get him. <laughs> so I got down with these fools for another like 13 seconds. And it wasn't nothing bad. And I thought that they. You they, didn't go down or anything like that? No, I didn't no. go down. Yeah. I was in good shape. Like I was in good shape because I had been. That I county had, PXF. Yeah. I had been. <laughs> county CrossFit. <laughs> every time I go to jail, I work out like a beast. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm stressed out. I don't want to think about being there. And me working out is like. All I do in jail is yeah. I just work out, work out, work out. Yeah. So I, I had been working out tough. And, like, I had took my shirt off and people were just like, oh, fuck. Like, this guy's not going to go down easy. <laughs> so. You're always scrappy, too, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, okay, so then that happened. That was fucking whatever. But then when you get to prison, is different. So after they tell you you're going to prison, you're in a dorm, and then you're just waiting to catch the chain. So now. Later on, I'm in the dorm, and they're like, okay, they say my name, roll it up, you're going upstate. So they put you up in another little holding cell, like overnight, and then in the morning, the bus driver comes to get you. They shackle you up around your arms, around your waist, around your legs, and they have you all walk to a bus. Mm -hmm. So you walk to a bus, and that bus took me and several other inmates to Wasco, Wasco, California, and that was reception yard. So you get to Wasco and it's just like, it's a cool drive because you're in like a dorm for so long and you finally get to go outside. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the prison buses have windows. Like when you're on a County bus going to court and, and back or whatever you got to do, there's no windows. There's like a little tiny vent up at the top was just like a strip of metal with holes in it. And you can kind of see out of it, but it's like very hard to see out of it Mm -hmm. because it's just like a piece of metal with little tiny holes Mm -hmm. to act as a vent. So, but in the prison bus, there's windows and you're driving up to Wasco. So like you go up the grapevine and you go through like wine country or whatever. And it, it's not a bad drive. It's pretty cool. So then you get to Wasco and you're in just some reception thing. And then you're in a dorm or in a cell. And then it's pretty much like similar, but it's a two man cell instead of like a four man cell. They have two man cells in County, but I was in a four man cell. So then from there, you're in reception for like three months waiting to go to mainline. So you go to a reception prison. Mm-hmm. You're there. And it's just like yard every other day or something. You get yard every other day. It's mandatory that you have to go to yard. Um, for some reason, even though you're in a cell locked down 24 hours a day, they still want you to be up between 10 and 10. Mm-hmm. I understand why the hours in 10 and 10 are in county. In county, the hours, you have to be awake from 10. You can't go to sleep till 10. They have a little period where you could take a nap. Mm-hmm. But from 10 to 10, you have to be up in case anything pops off. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready. Mm-hmm. In prison, you're in a cell with another cellmate who's a homie. So if anything pops off, you're like not going to be able to get out and do anything anyways. Right. Like you're in a cell. But for some reason, they still want you up. And they have one homie that's a porter are two homies that are porters. So they like get out of their cells and they can come and check the cell to make sure everyone's up. Um, And prison's not as rowdy as County County's pretty rowdy. Something's always going off every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something's always going off. Someone's always trying to prove themselves. Someone's always trying to get someone beat up in prison. It's not like that. Um, Prison. People are way more respectful. People are like behaving because in prison, you're not going to get beat up. You're going to get stabbed up. Like mm-hmm. prison, you won't get beat up. They'll stab you. Mm-hmm. So 
people behave a lot better in prison. Mm-hmm. So because like just the respect level needs to be so much higher because if not, like you could really get whacked. Mm-hmm. So prison's honestly a lot better. It's like a lot less to worry about because people are respectful. Um, when someone is disrespectful, it's usually deliberate to start some shit and there's going to be a riot or something. Mm-hmm. You have to participate in that shit. Um, the only thing about prison is like if there's someone that they need to get mm-hmm. and you're the closest to them and you're a sureño, like mm-hmm. you have 13. So they're Southsiders and sureños, right? So sureños are soldiers for the Mexican mafia. So as a sureño, if there's something that needs to be done and you're the most, um, what's the word I'm saying? You're the most. Uh, it's like a convenience factor in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, right? it's most convenient to have you do it. Mm-hmm. You you can't refuse it. Right. If you're a Southsider, you could be like, no, nah, I don't feel comfortable doing this. And they'll be like, okay, we'll get someone else to do it. Mm-hmm. But if like you have a 13 on you and you're a sureño, and there's someone that needs to get whacked, and they're in your cell or the next cell, and you're the closest one to them, mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you got to do it, and you got to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing about prison. Just like if the dice roll on you, the dice roll on you, and you got to do it. And then all of a sudden your sentence goes from this to fucking life or something, right? Like it could happen just in Yeah, it, it could happen. And usually it's, it's not life. It's crazy because if you did that out on the streets, you can get life. But if you do it in jail, like you may get another so, eh, extra two years. Had to. <laughs> yeah, you may get another two years, or let's just max out a sentence. Right, right. But so, so what's the? Um, or go ahead. Actually, I don't want to cut you off, but I was curious about a couple things. But go ahead. Um, okay, so then after being in reception for like three months, you get to mainline, right? So then that's a, usually another prison. Sometimes it's the same prison you're in, but I was in Wasco for reception. For mainline, I went to the first time I went to Salinas Valley. Mm-hmm. The second time I went to Folsom. But I remember when I got to Folsom, that shit was crazy, bro. So they took me from reception. I went to Wasco for reception both times. Mm-hmm. So then when they took, they say, okay, you're going to Folsom. And while you're in reception, they have like a counselor come see you and he evaluates your points and says what level yard you're going to be on, level two, level three, level four. Um, and then they allocate whatever prison you're going to. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was going to Folsom and I got to Folsom. They put you on a bus the next morning after they say, Hey, they call you, tell you to pack your shit up. You're going to mainline after like another three months. So then I get to Folsom and I remember I'm getting out and going into the reception area. There's another orientation area. So you're in orientation for about a week or two. And I don't know what the point of that is. But before you actually get to mainline, you're in orientation for a week or two. But I got onto the Folsom yard and you got to walk through the yard to get to orientation. And it's just like a big ass yard. And there's just like 500 inmates. Everyone has like fucking their whole faces blasted up. And they're all just like staring at you. And I remember it was just like the most crazy feeling ever. Like intimidating wise or is it just like what the well, fuck? Well, I was like- kind of like turned up. Like I was just like, damn, I finally made it. Like cause- <laughs> 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 uh, I finally made it after all these years of hard work. <laughs> yeah. The first time it was just like whatever. But the second time going to Folsom was crazy because it was just like a big ass yard, 500 inmates. And you're walking through and like everyone kind of like. Is just staring at all the new inmates coming in. Like a movie scene. Yeah, like a movie. And they're just like like lifting their heads or like they're just like staring at you. And it was just like 
I was just kind of just like, wow. Like this I could imagine it'd be sort of because Folsom's historic too. Yeah. So there's like a certain energy that that place has to have. It, it looks like it reminds me of the uh, what's that ride at, at Disneyland? The Matterhorn, the fucking big ass mountain and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks something like that, <laughs> or like fucking like a castle, like an old castle. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking there. Folsom's one of the oldest prisons, right? Yeah. So it was pretty crazy, but. And then once you get to mainline, like, you get yard every day. Mm -hmm. That's why it's better than county because they'll open your cell. You get yard every day. You get a job. They feed you better food. They pay you for whatever job you have. It may be, like, two cents an hour. Mm -hmm. But it's something. Some of the best jobs you get maybe, like, $1.28 an hour. What was your job? Um, I didn't have a job there because by the time I got to mainline – I had about three months, and that wasn't enough time for them to give me a job. They're just like, "Well, you're leaving in three months. Just you're not going to work." Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, I didn't get a job. Mm-hmm. Both times it happened that way. What was uh, I just just curious. What was? Did you have like a cellmate that you felt uneasy about? Because obviously, you know, you're in there for something uh, not too serious. But like, were you in there with someone like that murdered somebody, or that you could just tell was kind of fucking evil, and you didn't want to be around them? Um. Honestly, not necessarily because, no, not necessarily. And for some reason, like, like I feel like the scary, like the, I, I don't know why I've always felt like that, but the people who like seem the scariest are the most like, I feel as in life. Yeah, the people that talk the most and that are most like, blah, blah, blah. usually they're the, the ones like, you don't have to worry. You have to worry about that quiet motherfucker over there, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and not, not not so much that, though, but like the people that are, are like, are the people that you got to worry about the most. For some reason, I feel safest around them. Mm-hmm. Like, i rather make this person my friend so they have my back. Mm-hmm. And then I don't got to worry, and then I feel like safer. Like, so... Like kind of the the more the more higher profile people that were there for like more violent crimes, mm-hmm. I kind of like made sure that I made friends with them and I was comfortable with them and they were comfortable with me, because like there kind of is that thought like oh shit like this motherfucker killed somebody, but then it's kind of just like okay well I need to make sure like I'm on this motherfucker's side, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like I I didn't want to be around them it was kind of like I felt the need to be around them more like I needed was there like but so obviously these guys aren't loose cannons but was there somebody that was just like sort of a loose cannon or just any just like a vibe you got off someone like I don't want to be around this motherfucker um no no not not necessarily there was one guy the first time I went to prison I he was from the desert and he had he had sur tattooed right here up on his eyebrow Mm -hmm. but he was just the biggest j-cat um he was the biggest j cat and he was just like a weirdo he was just like he was just weird yeah yeah. and the people were just like bro you better make sure that you don't go to a main line where shit's popping off because they're gonna make you do some shit and if you're not about it then they're gonna fucking cut that suit off your fucking eyebrow yeah but there was one time when i went to jail the last time not county to mm-hmm. prison so it, it was so random i i went to I went to where was I? I was in downtown court, and I'm there, right? I'm there waiting to go to court. There's another homie from uh, Via Boys who walks in. Via Boys Pasadena. Mm-hmm. He walks in, 
And then there's another homie from Northside who walks in. Mm-hmm. So there's three of us there from Pasadena. And, and we're kind of just like, what the fuck? Why? Why? Are, and I know both these fools. And it's just like, why are we all in downtown court? Like, what the fuck? None of us are doing shit in the hood. Like, we're all out here getting busted in downtown. Yeah, yeah. But there was some dude. Mm-hmm. There, there was some dude who walked in. And we were all waiting to go see the judge. Mm-hmm. And there was some dude who walked in and he was just like, oh, what's up? Like, I'm a big homie. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm a big homie. And when you say you're a big homie in jail, that means... Your shot caller, right? Yeah, it means you're from the Mexican mafia. Oh, okay. So that that's what it means when you say I'm a big homie. So he kept saying can that. Can you say like, that, or could we do we have to edit that out? What? But it's no, you we can okay, say that. Okay, yeah, just make sure and get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So no, he walked in. He's like, yeah, I'm a big homie. I'm a big homie. Mm-hmm. And then he said that to the like to me and to the homies, the other two homies from Pasadena, because we were all kind of talking. Mm-hmm. And one of the fools was just like, you're a big homie? He's like, yeah, I'm from La Eme. Mm-hmm. And the homie's just like, and he kept saying that. He kept saying that. And you could tell he was a little off. And the homie from Via was like, hey, bro, if you're about that shit, you don't fucking talk about it. And this fool's all blasted over his face. Like, you see all this shit? He's like, I live that life, bro. So if you're about that shit, just, just shut your mouth and stop talking about it. He told the yeah. nigga? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And... Because if this was a big homie, you don't go around saying Telling you're a big you're homie. Yeah, you don't yeah. say that. Yeah. So then this fool just started J-catting out, like saying like, man, y'all can't like, y'all can't tell me what to do. J-catting for people. So we, we fucked him up. We, we, <laughs> we smashed him out. <laughs> yeah. And it was crazy because there was three of us there from Pasadena and all three of us were like the ones fucking him up. And everyone else there was just like, damn, these Pasadena fools are turned up. And there was another guy. There, there was another guy who was from, you could tell he was like a bum from Skid Row. Mm-hmm. But it was the most disgusting thing, bro. So we're all in the tank waiting to see the judge. And he goes to take a shit. And first thing that was weird is he just drops his pants and he has balls like the size of fucking grapefruit. Like, <laughs> he had elephant titus on his balls or something. Because yeah. those balls were just like unnaturally large just from a peripheral they're just like overwhelming they were humongous (laughs) like i took a fucking stare i couldn't help it i was just like oh my god look at that my god and then he went to shit and he didn't sit on the toilet usually like in there you'll put something on the toilet before you sit on it but he just kind of like spread his ass cheeks and sprayed everywhere oh my god and then he dunked his fingers in the toilet and like wiped his ass with his fingers and then he went and he just laid on the floor and then he ate a sandwich (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bro for real so oh, it was the weirdest thing and the homie other homie from pasadena had to use the restroom so he went and he he told the dude like hey i need to use the restroom can you please clean up your shit yeah and the dude was just like uh and the homie it was the homie from Northside, and the, he was just like yo i need to use the restroom Please clean up your shit. Like, I'm asking you respectfully. That's nice. That's nice, yeah. too. Yeah. He even said, he's like, I'm trying to ask you respectfully. Can you please clean up your shit? I need to use the restroom. And the dude was just like, leave me the fuck alone. And then the homie got mad. He was just like, bro, get the fuck up and clean your shit so I can use the restroom. I'm going to kick you in your fucking head right now. Yeah. And the dude was just like, oh, fuck you. And the homie nudged him a little bit with his foot. Yeah. And the fool got up like, ah. And as soon as he got up, like, me and the other homie, like, all three of us just started bombing on him. Yeah. And we fucked him up. And we, we he, he, like, went down and we just fucked him up. 
And then he's like, all right, I'm sorry. Stop. Why are you hitting me? And then he went and he cleaned up his shit afterwards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but the other dude who was saying he was a big homie, he got jumped because I turned around and I said to him, I'm like, that could be you. And then he's like, what do you mean that could be me, dog? What do you mean that could be me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, keep fucking catting out and that could be you. Mm-hmm. And then like he was just sitting there in the corner for a while and he was just staring at me. I remember he was just staring at me. And then all of a sudden he just got up and he's like, what do you mean that could be you? And then the home, other two homies from Pasadena was like, because he said it could be you. Like, you want to fuck around? Like, see what happens. And then he just got he just got us fucking started. And, and, it, and it, yeah, you're all high energy in a fucking cell. Like, yeah. Everyone's all tense, and it's just like, oh, man. And, and like, let me be clear, guys. I'm not laughing <laughs> at this situation. I'm just laughing because I've known Andrew since we were fucking little kids. <laughs> so to see him go through this phase of his life where all this crazy fucking shit happened, it's just... As a friend, it's just interesting for me to hear. And then I also could picture Andrew in those situations. So I just think it's kind of funny. But it's yeah. not where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it's just like I, I'm glad that you're out of that situation now. I'm glad you are where you are. And it's, it's always yeah. good to reflect on the kind of shit that you used to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Most definitely. So what was um, – and this is going to be a little off topic. <laughs> but okay. I, I have to go Shoot here. <laughs> Did you ever feel like any of these places were haunted? <laughs> I've been watching um, Ghost Hunters lately, guys. <laughs> Ghost Hunters. Okay. So, I don't know if any of these places were haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a crazy random story. So, one time at my dad's, this is before all this shit, when I was a little kid, me, my dad, and his wife at the time, or his girlfriend, so my dad lived above a garage in a loft, and it had, like, super high ceilings, mm-hmm. and across the ceiling there was like pillars right and my dad had 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 got a ladder and put some candles up there because you there's no way you can get up there without a ladder Mm -hmm. but he just put some candles up there like decoration he had Mm -hmm. never lit them and they were like big wax candles so we left and then we went out somewhere and we came back and somehow and his doors were locked and everything somehow those candles way up there were lit Mm. And that was just the weirdest fucking thing. So you, you've kind of had some kind of experience before. So yeah, not not in prison or, or jail, uh. but that was just random at my dad's. There was another time, you can ask my mom this, and mm-hmm. you can ask my brother. Mm-hmm. We were living on Fairview. This, mm-hmm. was, before, this was before First Avenue. Um, I was in elementary school at this time. Mm-hmm. I was going to St. Felicitas and Perpetua in San Marino, a Catholic school. Sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we were living on Fairview, like almost Fairview and Rosemead, like towards the end of Fairview. Yeah. Uh-huh. And my mom had a little house right there. And I swear on everything I love, there was this weird ass noise. It was like, like this whistling in the sky. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I'm like, mom, what is that? And she's like, Andrew, wake up your brother and come to my room. So I woke up my little brother and we went to my mom's room. Mm-hmm. And I, I was maybe like seven. But I remember looking out the window and seeing like a green fucking... It looked like a Frisbee, but it was like a neon glowing Frisbee. Mm-hmm. And it was like flying off over to the mountains. Mm-hmm. And it would be like... Vroom, 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 vroom. And it had this weird ass whistling, weird ass sound. But me and my mom saw that shit. It was like a fucking UFO, bro. <laughs> yeah, so I so I was just curious because we talked about when you got off to Folsom, you could like feel the energy and you kind of got amped up. Yeah. So I was just wondering, 
you know, obviously people are getting murdered in there and all kinds of fucking hate yeah, definitely. feelings like that. Like, do you ever, have you ever been somewhere and just got a vibe? Is there energy? Like, did you feel that? Um, no, you know, it's weird. Like I never, I never got any ghost vibe or anything, but it's the weirdest thing because there is energy in there. Mm-hmm. And when something is about to happen, Oh, it's palpable, right? It's you like, feel it. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like a static in the air. Mm-hmm. And you feel it like it's about to happen. Like you wouldn't know about like a riot or something that's going to pop off and you would feel it before it happened or. Yeah. Yeah. You would feel it. So I remember the first time I went to to prison, I was in a dorm during reception Mm -hmm. and there was a black guy. There was a black dude. I remember they called him cowboy and Mm -hmm. he was from Tortilla Flats. Mm -hmm. And there was a. I don't know why that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Cowboy from Tortilla Flats. (laughs) (laughs) Black cowboy. Um, but he was a black dude and he was young. He was maybe like only 19. Mm-hmm. And um, there was another black dude who was a crip. And he was just like, oh, yeah, I know that nigga. Like, fuck that nigga. And one of the homies heard that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, from the whole entire dorm just got silent. And it was just the weirdest thing. You know, like when you drop like dye in a wa- in yeah. water, like all of a sudden it gets slow motion and yeah. like the shit splits. Uh-huh. That's what it reminded me of. Like all of a sudden, like the room just got in slow motion and shit just started separating and all the homies went to one side of the room and all the blacks went to another side of the room. And I don't know how it just happened so quick, but it just happened and it was just like you felt it like something was about to pop off. It didn't though, because... One the black the guy who was shot calling for the blacks came up and he was just like, Man, we're sorry about that. Like mm-hmm. that was our fault. This dude shouldn't have said that. We'll take care of him. Mm-hmm. So it, it died out, but just like in a second, like it went from everything just everyone talking and be normal mm-hmm. to oh shit, what the fuck's about to happen? Like right. it it was just the weirdest thing. Have you ever had a did it just like because obviously that feeling is sort of on your shoulder all the time like anything could pop off sort of yeah. thing does it it's just become something that you get used to or is it like you're in a constant state it, of stress um it is stressful sometimes it's not so stressful but it is stressful because you you have to that's why they say jail makes you a better criminal because you have to really be focused and pay attention and be aware of what you're doing Mm -hmm. because there's certain areas you can't walk. There's certain things you can't say. You got to make sure you sneeze the right way. You got to make sure you cough the right way. You got to make sure you piss the right way. Like you literally got to sit down and piss if it's on a toilet. Um, You got to make sure you, and it's weird nowadays because the homies say nigga a lot. Mm-hmm. The homies say nigga a lot, and even in jail. But I remember years ago, like, that shit wasn't allowed. The homies weren't allowed to say nigga. Mm-hmm. But now shit's changed, so all the homies say nigga. Like, it's weird how that shift has happened. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, you really just have to pay attention. And well, it's progressive now, Andrew. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Prisoners are taking it on, too. <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's funny because people learn quick. Like, mm-hmm. if you're in jail and you're just, like, carefree... I was going to say, get careless, right? Just you'll learn quick yeah. because you'll do something and you'll get fucking beat up or you'll have to work out and you'll learn quick. Mm-hmm. So, people may go in there and they'll just be like, oh, okay, I'm in jail. Like, fuck, they'll be sad or depressed and they won't be paying attention to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they get, like, disciplined, like, they snap out of it because... 
Like when you're, especially when you're on the streets and if they tell you, okay, you have to do 113 pushups and you can't stop till you're done. Like for someone who's on the streets doing drugs or running around and hasn't like done any exercise, like that can be challenging. No consequences either, right? For yeah. For your behavior. It's pretty much like, well, I'm fucking homeless. What are you going to do to me? Right? Yeah. And then if, okay, you can't do the workout, we'll just beat you up then. Which one? Choose. Do yeah. the workout or get beat up. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people choose like, okay, well, I can't do all those pushups. Just give me fucking 13 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because you could and then you could choose to fight back mm-hmm. and or you could choose not to fight back and if you don't fight back and you ball up they'll just give you body shots mm-hmm. but i i've never not fought back like no one's gonna fucking swing just on me and i'm, I'm just gonna kicked. sit there and get my ass kicked right so if you if you choose to fight back then it's just like you get hit where you get hit but they tell you, like, if you don't want to get hit in the face, don't fight back, and we'll just hit you in the body. Yeah. And some people are just like, okay. And I'm just like, God, what the fuck's wrong with these <laughs> people? Work <laughs> <laughs> <Like> this liver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people learn quick in there. But it is kind of like a constant. But it makes you pay attention to what you're doing, and it really, it, like, makes you maneuver better. And it makes you, if... Yeah, you're aware of the little things. Yeah, right? you're you're yeah. very aware of the little things. You're very aware of what you're saying and how people are talking to you and how they're coming off. And you're getting a read for people. Yeah, you're way. getting a read for people. Like you cannot, if you get caught stealing in there, that's like the number one no-no. Especially stealing from another race because that could set off a riot. Mm-hmm. Like stealing is the number one thing. You don't steal in there. You don't call no one a bitch unless you're trying to fucking start a fight or a riot. Mm-hmm. Um. And you don't fight amongst the homies, like. Mm-hmm. And they they tell you like if someone disrespects you, take off on them. Mm-hmm. But if it's a ho- if it's another race, like mm-hmm. any other race disrespects you, you take off on them. Mm-hmm. But if you can let us know first, so we're all prepared. Let us know if not, if like a homie, if someone calls you a bitch, just take off on them. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone does something or feels like you disrespect it, you're disrespected. Come let us know. So we could like arrange a fucking hit or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it is kind of stressful, but but people learn how to maneuver and work really well in that stress, and they learn how to use it to impo- enforce their will on other people. It's yeah, crazy. People it sounds, get good at it. It sounds a lot like the military in a lot of ways. Like you're in a high stress environment, and things need to be done. And obviously, it's not going to be the same level of consequences but it's yeah it's pretty much like your unit there's always someone in charge and there's it trickles down yeah and to the lowest guy you know what i mean and there's some people that thrive off that that energy like they know how to use it and uh-huh. like fucking take advantage of mm-hmm. people's minds or like you know what i mean like they oh, yeah. know how to uh-huh. fucking maneuver through that shit so well yeah my cut or i shouldn't well whatever someone i'm related to <laughs> yeah 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 I know he's super like just institutionalized and he yeah. can't help it he's always trying to come up on you he's always trying to maneuver around like Always has this fucking like you know it's just it it's it's sad because he's product of institution. Yeah, and and another one of my good friends that I do music with, his dad is from Maravilla. So Maravilla was the very first gang in LA, mm-hmm. the very first Hispanic gang in LA, mm-hmm. and they started Sureño. They they were the original Sureños, and eventually Sureño became its own thing like the 13 the mexican mafia became its own thing and maravilla broke apart from it because they were like we started this and now you like the mexican mafia kind of took over the sudanio thing so they they kind of broke apart from it but my homie's dad is an original 
member of like one of the first members of Maravilla. So he has Maravilla tattooed on one side and then Sureño tattooed on the other side. And you'll only see that on people who are like OGs from Maravilla because Maravilla, they don't claim Sureño anymore. But on the streets, he's a bum. He's literally a bum, like a nobody. But when he goes to jail, that motherfucker's running shit. Like That's so crazy. I remember on, on we were on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he was in jail. Me and my homie were talking to him on the phone. And he's like, son, listen to this. And the fool's like, puro su trece. And like, you hear the whole dorm like, one, three. The fool's like, puro su trece. And the whole dorm's like, one, three. And like, that fool's just, that's just crazy. Like, you hear that fool like shout something out and you'll hear the whole dorm like respond to him. But he likes to be out so he could do drugs. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> everyone likes to be out to, to do drugs or whatever they're doing. No one wants to be in jail, but. Some some people like him when he goes to jail, like he's running shit in there. Yeah. But out here, he's like a nobody. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Isn't it almost in that aspect? If he's just a bum living on the street, wouldn't it be better for him to be locked? Like more advantageous of him to be locked up and kind of, or is he just like, nah, fuck it. Well, no. Or is it just like his duality? Like I like yeah, this yeah, part of my life and I like this part of my it's life. It's like when I do have to go to jail, I'm a somebody and I run shit. But yeah. who wants? Unless like you're fucking. And he, he's on the main line. So I could see maybe like if the homos go to jail and they're fucking win the cock fest and they fucking love that shit and they're just like around a bunch of cock all day <laughs> and they could do what they want. Like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to go to jail. It's a fucking sex party. Yeah. But like for one of us, it's like, why are we going to go to jail? Like mm-hmm. even if we can go to jail and we can like run a dorm, like it's – I feel like I'd rather be out of jail and a nobody than in jail and somebody. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just was curious. because The food so. is shit. The COs treat you like shit. Like, you do have a little bit of power over the other inmates, but what the fuck really is it? Mm-hmm. Unless, like, there are people who run the jail and are, like, got a lot of drugs in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to jail with someone who had, um, like, three pieces of heroin in his butt. And he came in with like three pieces of heroin. Now it's been a long time since I sold drugs, but I I'm pretty sure a piece is like 24 ounces mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of heroin. There's a lot of heroin. Yeah. I don't know how he got that all up there, but he got it up there. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he was just like the man. Uh. So it, it's crazy. And then there's people who run the prison who get drugs and get money and make a lot of money. Like for what you sell a gram of heroin for out here mm-hmm. so a gram of heroin goes for like 80 bucks mm-hmm. in there that gram that same gram of heroin will go for like 300 350 mm. so like a 20 a 20 of of heroin or meth out here would go for like 100 bucks in there and they there's they always find a way to get the money right do whatever they got to do to get the money because especially if you're an yeah. addict right like yeah so they either have you Send a, they'll have and it's always someone from the outside is helping you out unless you have commissary mm-hmm. you'll pay with like food or soup or whatever mm-hmm. but a lot of times these people have their people on the outside go to 7-eleven buy like a, a green dot card mm-hmm. and then they'll call in get the numbers they'll give the numbers to whoever they're buying the drugs from that person will take the numbers call someone on the outside say hey check these numbers on the computer and tell me if they're good and they'll check them like yeah there's money on it or no there's not if there's not this motherfucker's in trouble mm-hmm. he's getting fucked up 
But if there is, usually they'll send that money home or they'll send that money to whoever be like, okay, here's $50. Now turn around and put that money back on my books. Mm. So it's like in a whole elaborate thing. They have it in there, but they have it worked down to a science. Right. Well, fuck, man. That was, uh, I, I still wanted to talk to you about um, some recovery stuff because we didn't get into the whole rehab, but we're like at an hour and a half right now. All right. So, um, well, fuck, I think it's, if anything, we should do a different episode. Maybe if you get time and we could talk about just recovery. And casinos. And casinos. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I thought about that earlier too. I was like, fuck. But I just, I got lost in the, the that, that's why I said, like, I skipped so much stuff that I was interested in. Like, I just generally just mean you having a conversation. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I didn't really know this about you. Because at the time, I would just get a call from you once in a while. And I was like, fuck, I don't want this guy to kill himself. But also, yeah. if he needs help, I'm not going to be like, you know, fuck, good luck, dog. <laughs> yeah, I remember, I I I listened to the last video we did too, and I said I remember about five hundred times. So there's always something <laughs> you, I, like you know, like um, like there's always a word that you go to, and it's, it's really but fucking hard not to. <laughs> I would just like I was so ashamed before to even come around. Like it was crazy, mm-hmm. but it's good to be back now. Yeah, well, I remember when you did come. Yeah, you kind of had your head down, and I was like, dude, I, like I don't give a fuck what he's doing. Like I'm glad he's yeah. here right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, some of the friends just like, nah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, you were never you never shady. You never stole from us. It was never anything like that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's one thing about myself. Like, I've done a lot of stupid shit on drugs, like horrible, regrettable stuff that I'm fucking super embarrassed about. And I still kick myself. And anytime I drink, I'll go back to those things. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's not me anymore. But I did learn, like, at my rock bottom, I've never fucked anybody over. You know what I mean? I never yeah. stole from the people like that. I never did shit where... You know, I'm like stupid, like, oh, you try to hit on this girl or you're fucking, yeah. you know, showing your wee-wee off or something. <laughs> but it's never like, um, like, oh, dude, you fucking broke into the house and stole this and stole yeah. from your mom. And you know? I, I was I was the same way. Like, I never did any anyone dirty like that. Like, if anything, I may have been like a scumbag, but my name to people was always good. Like, I never stole from people. I never owed people money. I never, like borrowed shit yeah because you would be like oh can i get a hundred bucks or something and i'm like here and then all of a sudden i would get it back i'm like oh shit i didn't expect that yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) like you always paid back you always you know even if you were in a hard place yeah time and i think that's something that's uh in in a a lot of ways it's good because you find out who you really made it when you're fucking strung out on drugs (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like what you're capable of there was a saying oh man i forgot the saying it's something like you know it's it's not who you are in the good times that is really you. It's like who you are in the bad times. Yeah, you know like what that's I mean? what character really shows. Yeah, like, yeah. So, something along those lines. And I think uh, for for both of us, that was like a good thing that you know we always resorted to. We were never pieces of shit doing like because some people we know, especially being around recovery, you see the shit people have done. You know, in those situations, you're like, gosh, like it doesn't rectify us, but at the same point, it's it's good to know that. You never stoop to those levels, you know? Yeah, mo- most definitely. Yeah, and there's always a, a comeback. And also, too, like, it, just to clarify for you, I know you. I know you're not fucking racist or homophobic or anything like that. We're just talking prison politics and stuff like that. And that's Yeah, yeah, definitely it. not. Yeah, yeah and it, it, I, I just don't want anyone to I get that. I love everybody. Yeah, I don't want anyone to get that idea because, you know, nowadays if you say homo, they're like, oh, what? like a homosexual. You I just love mean, homos. Yeah, but <laughs> 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 exactly. That's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, people get so offended if, 
uh, oh, this and that. It's like, no, this is prison politics. This is something that you experienced, a huge part of, uh, you know, what made you who you are and why you're so straight now. So it's, uh, or straight yeah. as a sense of not fucking up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that kind of stuff, dude. And um, next time you come on, we could talk about the rehabs, your experience, my experience. And we can get a little bit more into that, but I think this was fucking solid as fuck, dude. I'm glad that you came on and we got to get the depths of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Glad to be here again. All right. Well, good shit, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All you guys out there, peace. Yep.